If you have been with us, we are in the book of First John, a little book at the back of the Bible, one of the last books written to the church, written by a guy by the name of John. You know him as the beloved disciple. John would have been the youngest of the disciples, the followers of Jesus Christ. He's the one who writes the last books of the Bible. And so um, the first, second, third John and Revelation, uh, John is writing um, these ideas here. Um, of, of things the church had gotten got kind of gotten off track. At this point, the church has been in existence for a little while now, and things had started to get sidetracked, and groups had come in and started to teach all kinds of crazy stuff. And one of the things that they were teaching was the idea that uh, the spiritual world was good, the material world was bad, and we would agree with that. But they took it so far as to say those two worlds never connect. And so Gnosticism came into the church, and the idea was that um, matter, evil, earth, those kinds of things were bad. The spiritual, heavenly, nirvana, whatever, that was good. And those two worlds never, ever connected. So consequently, the practical teaching of that kind of belief was that you either lived at this level right here, at this high nirvana, spiritual kind of level, and denied yourself all the earthly things, and you were better than other people. Or what most people adopted was the idea that I have a spiritual life and an earthly life, and they do not connect. So therefore, what I do in the earthly world has no impact on the spiritual world. So the idea was, since matter is evil and, and it doesn't matter, what I do doesn't matter. So I can live and do whatever I want, and yet I can go ahead and claim that I have a spiritual nature as well. And so John writes to confront that idea. John's writing to say, no, 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 these two worlds do interact. The, the, the practical theology of this teaching was that Jesus could not have come to earth as a man because the heaven and the earthly thing cannot connect. So they denied the deity of Christ. They denied that Jesus Christ was God. And that in itself presents a whole series of theological problems. So John's writing to say, look, you know, I, I know people have come in and taught you you can live at this plane and other people have come in and taught you you can do whatever you want, but that's not true. The Bible says that you can know for sure that you have eternal life, and the Bible says that this is, this is what it looks like when, when a person who is heavenly-minded lives on the earth. And so John has continually, so he's talked about light and fellowship. He's talked about sin. He's talked about, last week we talked about the idea of walking as Jesus walked. And the idea that, remember my illustration with Josh here, is the idea of ultimately God wants us to see the world through his eyes. He wants us to be in such fellowship with him that we start to see the world as God sees the world, not as we see the world. We get to this morning, and John's going to now put some feet to that. He's going to get, some real, he's going to get really super practical here. And it's going to make some of you uncomfortable. It's going to hit a lot of nerves but that's great. That's what the Bible's all about. So making it real. So here we go. First John chapter 2. Again, he's talked about how the God's love is shed abroad in our hearts. So now he's going to kind of continue on with that theme on God's love and how that interacts. Here's what he says. Dear friends, I'm not writing a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. So now he's going back and he's saying, you know what? I mean, ever since you put your faith and trust in Christ, you've known this. But... It's, it, I'm writing to you a new command. It's a truth. It's truth is seen in, in him, talking about Jesus, and you, because the darkness is passing and true light is already shining. 
Go back to my illustration last week. God wants you to see the world through his eyes. That's what God wants you to do. He wants you to be in such fellowship with him that things that are important to him are important to you. And it's not about you anymore. It's about what pleases him. You're seeing it through his eyes. And so John says, he, 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 he talks about this now. He says, I, I, I'm writing you a new command. So we're dealing with this old command, new command thing, all right? And it gets a little confusing until you think about Jesus Christ and his disciples. John chapter 13, listen to what it says. By the way, John 14 is, in my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Remember, Jesus is getting ready to leave, and before he leaves, John 13 comes before John 14. So this is the discussion right before that whole in my Father's house passage. All right, And here's what he says. My children, talking to his disciples, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples. He said, look, one of the ways people are going to know that you follow me is the way that you love other people. And then he goes on. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus said, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. So he's talking about heaven in that context. And then in a few more verses, you can go in John 14, in my father's house are many mansions and all that. Okay. But here he lays this thing out. He says, here's my command. He said, it's, it's a new command, but yet it's an old command. Because if you'll think about it for a minute, all of the Old Testament is summed up in what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. The second is like unto it, thou shalt love the neighbor yourself. Remember the context of that? What, what, okay, what was the question that Jesus answered when he said that? What is the greatest commandment? Remember that? Remember that? They came into tricky. They said, what is the greatest commandment? And here's what he answered. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now here's a question. Did Jesus give them one answer or two? It's one. Yeah, it's one. He gave them one answer and we get the idea that, okay, so he said like, because, and it says, and the second is like unto it. But when you look at it in the original language, here's what he was saying. They look at him and said, what's the greatest commandment? And in essence, here's what he says, love God and other people. That's one command, love God and other people. Why? Because throughout the Bible, they're linked. And this is what John's trying to confront in the Gnosticism. I love God, vertical relationship, and I love other people, a horizontal earthly relationship. Again, the Gnostics said these two worlds don't connect. John says, oh yeah, I love God and I love others. These two are very connected. They are very, very connected. And so John is confronting this idea and he's saying, look, the greatest command was to love God with all your heart and everybody else just like it. Jesus and, and John, and he said, notice what Jesus says, as I have loved you. Now, we, we idolize the disciples. But let's be honest. They were a bunch of ragtag misfits. They were just like us. 
So you think about this for a minute. Jesus had to lo- Jesus said, the way I've loved you is the way you need to love other people. So let's think about this for a minute. How, how hard was it for Jesus to love the disciples? Mr. Peter, who even here is going, hey, I don't get it, man. Okay, you know, he's jumping in every time. He's just jumping in on everything. Running, rushing all kinds of conclusions. You ever been around those kind of people? How about for three years? And then, James and John, anybody know what Jesus nicknamed them? Menagerie, sons of thunder. You know what that means? That means they were fighting like cats and dogs all the time. They were constantly hot-headed arguing, just like two normal brothers. Jimmy and John, I'm sorry, um, I mean, two normal brothers. Always at each other. And he looks at me and calls them Benagerie, sons of thunder. He put up with these clowns for three years. And then, if that wasn't bad, there's Thomas, who every time he says something is the eternal skeptic. Oh, it won't work. Don't believe it. Show it to me and then prove it to me and I'll, I'll accept it. And then, what's that? And then there's Judas, who he knows is going to betray him and sell him out. And he loved him. And he loved him. No matter what, he loved them. And then there's the sinners and the publicans who everybody criticized him for loving. And then there's even the people who are going to put him to death. The Romans who are beating him. The whole religious group that had, that had basically lied in order to set him up. And on the cross, what does he say? Father, forgive him. They don't know what they did. They don't know what they're doing. Let it go. Don't hold it to their account. Because I love them. And Jesus looks at this group of disciples and he says, Guys, you love everybody else the way I've loved you. And John, when they get to this point in, in, the, in, in the church where it's getting all goofy and they're saying these two worlds, are, John comes to him and says, Oh, no, no, no. These worlds are very connected. They're very connected. And listen to what he's going to say. And this is where it's going to get sticky for you this morning. Here he goes. Uh, he continues on with this thought. He's going to say, now let me, show you, let me tell you what it looks like. And here's what he says. Uh, 1 John, next passage, guys. Anyone who claims to be in the light, I'm going to say it this way, anyone who claims to be a Christian, and hates his brother. By the way, brother, we get the idea of another Christian. It's really the idea of mankind, anybody really. Um. And hates his brother is still in the darkness. He doesn't say he walks in the darkness. He said he's in darkness. He's lost. And that's pretty strong words. So let me tell you something. Somebody who's going to stand up and say, I'm a Christian, but hates a bunch of people or hates somebody. Or I'm going to tell you right now, that guy needs to check out whether or not he has a vertical relationship. Because he's not just walking in darkness. He's in darkness if he's not careful here. That's pretty strong. And then he goes on. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light. There's nothing in him to make him stumble. He goes back to this idea. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness, and he doesn't know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. He thinks he's okay. 
He thinks it's okay to say, I'm a Christian, but those people I hate, or those people I'll never forgive, or that person I'll never let it go, that's acceptable to me. And John says, no, 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 that person's really misguided. Again, the book's written so we can know we have eternal life. And John says, look, one of the ways, and again, I'm going to put it all together for you in a second. Go back to my illustration last week with Josh. I'm sitting here going, I want you to see Lael through my eyes. I want you to see the need. And what happens is when I see the need and I go to reach out to Lael to meet the need, then what happens? Then the love of God is shown abroad in my heart, which is what we talked about last week. And John says, when I, start to, when, I, when I really fellowship and have that relationship with God, then I start to love like God loves. And so that means that I'm going to start to love like Christ loved. And it doesn't matter who it is, I'm going to love them. I'm not going to hate them. Name for me one person Jesus hated. And yet, he just told us a few verses before, walk as Jesus walked. And now he says, look, I'm going to tell you what it looks like. Whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. So John now lays this whole thing out, and he says, look, you've got to take a good, hard look at your life here. Because when God's love starts to shine out in our hearts, then we love everyone as we love God. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Both of these things exist, okay? So... This is tough. This is, this, I mean, this is where the, the, the rubber kind of meets the road for us. And you go, well, okay, so let's define the word hate. Hate means hate. It's used a lot in Scripture. Um, he uses it in um, Matthew 5, do good to them that hate you. Matthew 6, you can't serve two masters. You'll either love the one and hate the other. Same word. Um, blessed are you when men hate you. Um, Jesus said, when you come unto me, in John, John chapter, or Luke chapter 14, he said, when you come to me, the love that you have for your family members, your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, and all that, it ought to seem like hate. You've got to love me that much. Um, Jesus talks about the idea that in John 7, he said, if the world hates you, hey, get over it. I was first. They hated me first. Um, in Revelation he, he says, um, I know that you hate the work of the Nicolaitans. And, and, and so it's that idea of, boy, it, it's past just dislike. It's this idea of hostility almost. Um, this hateful attitude that will consume you. Um, here's the way I would describe it. You... You're going through your day, and somebody's name comes up, and it all discombobulates you for the rest of the day. Or you're walking in a store, and you see that person, and now your whole world is just, your whole moral compass, your whole day is just all messed up. Okay, that's a problem. Okay, that's a problem that we need to deal with. Now, let's define this because some of you are going whoa, whoa, whoa are you telling me i'm like not a christian no john says you need to check out whether you're a christian no because you can't live like that all the time and call yourself a believer 
because this vertical and this horizontal relationship are linked together. So you've got to make sure, you've got to be careful here. So it is always a good thing to check and go, okay, now wait a minute, do I really have a relationship with Jesus Christ? I really have that relationship. And if I do, if I know for sure I'm a believer, then maybe I need to change this. But John says, one way to check this is to take a good hard look at this. These two are connected. So John says, look, take a good hard. And so I would say this this morning. If you're one of those just hateful, mean, spiteful people, and that's your character, better check this out. Because when you start to walk with Christ, when you start to have fellowship, when you have that relationship, it impacts this. Now, if on the other hand you're going, you know what, for the most part I love everybody, but there's that one person. There's those three people that just get me. Let's talk about it this morning because I think, I think what we have to do is realize that, listen, folks, if we're not careful. We may not be in darkness, but John's already said in the first chapter, you can still walk in darkness. See? And notice what he tells us about this. What happened? And this thing, he says, he's, he starts walking around in darkness. He doesn't know where he's going because the darkness blinds him. And that's exactly what that hatred, that anger, that unforgiving spirit will do to you. It will, take, it, it will so take you off track that before you know it, you're being hateful and mean to everybody around you. And people start pulling away from you and then that just makes you more angry and more hateful. And before you know it, you're stumbling around and you don't even realize what you've become. Have you ever seen this happen? Has it ever happened to you? I've seen it happen to me. Where you get a hold of something, you won't let it go. And that bitterness starts, Hebrew says, bitterness in you, troubling you, thereby many be defiled. It is something that will poison you and then poison everybody around you. And I understand, we've all been there. We've all had somebody hurt us. We've all had somebody say something or do something that was incredibly painful. And we said, I don't think we've said it meaning it, but we still say it, I'll never forgive them. Okay, here, let me, let me tell you why you should never say that. Because in the Lord's Prayer, we're taught to pray what? Father, forgive us our sins or trespasses, depending on your background. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin or trespass against us. Here's what you're saying. God, here's the deal. You forgive me in the same way I forgive everybody else. Now, do you really want to say there's somebody you will never forgive? Because that's what we're saying. We're saying, God, look, you, you forgive me in the same way I forgive everybody else. This is a big deal. And, this is a, and, that, and so John addresses this. Again, John's the beloved disciple. He's like the loving guy anyway. And so he says, look, you really need to take a good hard look at this. And so I, I want to talk about this. I want to take like a long rabbit trail and then close it up. But I, I want to talk about this because I think this is really, really important for us. We've all had those people that have hurt us. We've all had those people that have done things, said things, gotten in a crawl. We've all had those people that when we bump into or when we hear their name, we just we get a little uncomfortable, okay? 
So let me give you just a couple. I've talked about this before, but let me just refresh your memory on it because I think it's something we can all use. You have to give up your right to revenge. You see, what happens is we don't want to forgive. We want to keep on to that because they hurt us so badly. It's, it's almost like there's something inside of us in that old nature that says, I don't want anything to do with them, but I want to know what's going on in their lives to see when they get hurt so that I can rejoice. And you go, oh, I'd never do that. Oh, don't tell me that. We all have the old nature that goes there that says, you know what? You know what? They got in a car accident. Well, I'm glad they weren't killed because I wouldn't want that. But the fact that it was a new car, excited about that. Um, you know, you know where I'm coming from on this? And this idea of revenge, you've got to give it up. It's not your place. It's not your deal. God says, look, vengeance is mine. I'll repay. I'm the one who deals with that stuff. That's my job. So think about this for a minute. If I then seek to get revenge... What I'm saying is, God, you're not doing your job. You're not doing it fast enough, so let me take it from here. You really want to go there with God, the creator of the universe? You've you got to give up your right to say, you know what? It, it, it's, 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 I'm not going to work on the revenge thing. I'm not going to keep track of everything they did wrong to me. Throw out the list. Okay? Throw the list out. Yes, I know they hurt you. Not going to minimize it. Yes, I know it's painful. Yeah, I know it's a raw wound. Get it all. You know what? Throw it out. Throw it out. It's not going to do you any That list is never going to do you any good. And you know what? Here's the thing. Some of you have a list on your spouse. <laughs> they think I'm going to do that? I want you to know. I set the trash out all day, and they didn't take it out. And I, I don't know. I haven't been, like, in your house or anything. I just know that trash was sitting in mine for, like, four hours yesterday. Uh, but, I mean, you know, we, we have those lists. We keep those lists of what they do. And let me tell you something. You start living by the list, and it's going to get you in trouble. It's not about a list. I don't, I, okay, all right, well, you know what? I will, okay, I'll get my wife something nice for Christmas because... She got me something nice for my birthday. You want always something nice for Christmas because it's Christmas and I want to get her something nice. I'm not going to keep a list on who gave who what. I'm not going to keep a list on, okay, who did the dishes last. I do keep a list on who cooks because she's not fulfilling her end of it, but that's another issue we're wrestling with. That's, that's our own personal thing. Yeah. That was our discussion yesterday. But no, no, no. I mean, you know, we're going back and forth with our stuff. But I mean, you know, we have those. And, and listen, when if you've got somebody that's hurt, you get rid of the list. That list is not going to help you love them more. All it's going to do is reemphasize that, that anger, that hatred, that bitterness, that spite, that revenge. That's all it's going to do. Um. Another thing, let it go. Man, you know, 
I get that it hurts. I've been hurt by people. I've been stabbed in the back by people. I've been disappointed by people. Uh, here's the, the only universal thing I know is this. People will disappoint you. Okay? Somebody. I will. At some point, if you're here for any length of time, at some point I'm probably going to disappoint you. And you're probably going to disappoint me. Okay, good. We're even. That's on our list. Check it off. We're good. I mean, really. Because why? Because that's the human nature. That's, that, that, that's just the human nature. So at some point, somebody has to kind of absorb the pain and say, you know what? Hey, look. Um, yeah, it hurts, but uh, I like one, one guy says the way. Uh, Dr. Phil says the way. Somebody's got to be a hero. Somebody's got to step up the plate and be a hero. Somebody's got to step up the plate and say, I'm going to be the bigger man. I'm going to be the bigger woman. I, I, I'm just going to, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to absorb it. I, it's just going to come in. I'm going to absorb it, and I'm going to I'm going to go forward. And okay, you guys can't sit together anymore. Evening, <laughs> you know. But I mean, seriously, it's one of those deals where somebody's got to absorb it. Somebody's got to stand up and go. You know what? I can't predict your reaction. I can't pr- change what how you feel about me. I can't change what 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 happened here. But I can decide that I'm going to not hold it against you. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to forgive. And listen, there's a lot of, there's a lot of theological debate about this, but I'm just going to tell you my viewpoint from the Bible. I don't forgive you for you. I forgive you for me. I forgive you so I can be free, not so you can be free. God's going to deal with you. That, that's between you and God. I don't have any control over that. All I have control over is me. And all I'm going to say is, I'm not going to live in bondage to an unforgiving spirit or bitterness or anger or animosity or hatred. I'm not going to... That is, a, that is, a, that is such a destructive thing to my life that I'm not going to live that way. So I'm going to, let, I'm going to forgive you whether you ask for it or not. Why? Because I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be in bondage. I want to be able to free to go through my life. And I've had people that have hurt me. And, and, and here's the thing. I think they will go to their grave and never ask forgiveness. That's their deal, not mine. I forgave them a long time ago because I wanted to go forward in my life. And some of you, that's what's happened. You're hanging on to it, and you're keeping that list, and you won't let it go. And you know what? It's slowly, you don't realize it. John talks about this. You don't realize it, but you're starting to walk down darkness, and then you're starting to, before you know it, you will look skeptically at everybody, and you will be incapable of receiving love because of your anger. And you will be skeptical of everybody who tries to be nice to you because it will eat you alive. And let you have to get to that point. And at some point, you have to say, all right, this is God's deal, not mine anymore. And, that, and that's kind of what's happened for some of you, is you're not letting God be God here. It's a God issue. It's a thing God's going to have to deal with them about. You can't. You, there's nothing you could do to make them happy. You know, there's people in the world like that. You know who they are. There's nothing you can do to please them. I think of people, you know what? There's nothing I could say. There's nothing I could do. Because as soon as I say it or do it, you know what? They'll come up with something else. You know whose problem that is? Theirs. Not mine. But if I start keeping lists, it becomes mine. 
And if I start saying, I'm not going to forgive you, it becomes my problem. And John says, look, you don't, you, you don't want to walk like that. You want to let it go. You want to let God deal with it? You want to be as nice as you can be? I'm not saying you've got to invite them for Thanksgiving dinner. But the reality of it is, you know what? I, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I may not invite them for Thanksgiving dinner, but as much as lies within me, I'm going to live peaceably with them. You know? I mean, even, even Paul realized there's some people, you, just, you ain't going to be friends with ever. You're just going to have to live peaceably with them. And okay, I put them in that category. You're like, uh, I'll live peaceably with you. We'll, we'll talk about the weather, and I'll say hi, and you can say hi, and that's as far as our relationship has to go. You know, that's okay. But I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to get bitter. I'm not going to let a attitude or spirit of hatred develop in my heart because that'll kill me. It'll destroy me. And John here steps back, and one of the things that he says is he says, look, these two worlds do interact. And if you say you love God, if you say you're a follower of Jesus Christ, one of the things that needs to be happening in your life is that as you have that relationship with God and that fellowship, you're going to start to see things like God sees things. And when you start to see things like God sees things, guess what? You're going to look at those people as people that Jesus Christ died for. People who need God. You're going to look at those people in different eyes. And yes, you may not make them your best friend, but you're going to be able to say, Father, forgive them. They're too stupid to know what they're doing. No, God forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. They don't realize how they're impacting the body of Christ. They don't realize what they're doing to their family. They don't realize what they've done to my, me or my family. They don't, Lord, Lord, forgive them. Don't hold it against them. And God help me every day to not hold it against them either. And when I see them, God, I want to live as peaceably as I can with them. I want to check my heart when I see them to make sure that uh, there's not that hatred, that animosity, that bitterness. And you can believe, believe you me, if you haven't figured this out yet, let me tell you how Satan works. Satan makes sure they come into your path on a regular basis. Because he knows that's, that's your struggle. So Satan will plop them in front of you. In my life, usually on a weekly basis, he plops them right in front of me and goes, hey, now you've got to deal with it. Oh, okay, God, I'm going to love them like you love them. I'm going to, you know, it, is that not what I'm commanded to do? John says, look, we, and you know what? And here's the thing. When the world sees us, they see that love. That's why I think one of the most detrimental things to a church is when you got a group over here talking about a group over here. No, we love one another. Doesn't mean we agree with everybody, but we love one another. We care for one another. We don't talk about one another. We build one another up. We don't tear one another down. Those are the characteristics of a, of a healthy relationship. In our marriages, that's what we do. In our families, that's what we do. In our church, that's what we do. In our community, that's what we do. Why? Because they know we're Christians by our love. That's why this is so essential. So if you're going around in community talking about this person you can't stand and you hate and you hope their world collapses, and people are going, oh, yeah, I want some of that. 
No, they've got to see Christ in us. If we're going to walk as Jesus walked, it means we see the world as Christ sees it. And if we're going to see the world as Christ sees it, it means that we love everyone. That's what John says. So two takeaways. Number one, you're one of those people this morning that you've got that hatred, that anger, that bitterness in your heart, and that's a lifestyle for you. You really need to check out that vertical relationship. You really need to make sure that you have a, a, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about fellowship. I'm talking about relationship. I'm not talking about an absence of love. I'm talking about an absence of God. Big difference. Because here he says, look, check out that relationship. If you know that you had that relationship, but you've kind of gotten off path, and you've allowed Satan to get in there and twist and turn, and you've got that hang up, then you need to start dealing with that. And we all have those people. We all, that's life. We run into that kind of situation. And forgiveness, for some reason, is hard for us. For some reason, my, 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 my experience has been this. If you've been brought up in church all of your life, forgiveness is hard for you. But if you were saved where the grace of God was incredible in your life because of where you were, forgiveness tends to be a little easier for you because you realize how much you have been forgiven. And for those of us who've been around Christianity for a while, it's kind of easy for us to go, well, they did that. I'm not going to forgive them. I think a lot of that is because we don't understand how much we've been forgiven. And when we really embrace how much we've been forgiven, it's really hard for us to be unforgiving. So my challenge to you this week is, look, don't let Satan get that victory. Let the world see us love one another and everyone. Because we're, we're, we're walking in fellowship, we have that relationship, and we're starting to see the world through the eyes of God. And we love everyone around us. And it's a characteristic and a mark of who we are. So my challenge is, as we go throughout the week, John, in this book, challenges to love as Christ loved. That means we don't harbor hatred, we don't harbor bitterness, we don't harbor anger. In our heart towards anyone so someone's got some work to do this week but christ set an example of what it means to love even our enemies and we're challenged this week to do the same love one another as christ loved the church and gave himself for it let's pray lord uh we all struggle here we've all been hurt we've all been disappointed We've all had situations where the pain is real, it is deep, and uh, Lord, it seems to always be fresh. But God, you are bigger than that. You loved us when we were unlovable. You loved us, Lord, when we were enemies of the cross. So Father, help us to love others. Help us, Lord, to show the same kind of love that uh, you showed us. And Lord, please don't allow us to go down this road where we become bound by our anger or our hatred or our bitterness and where, Lord, it really starts to eat away at our soul every day. Don't let us go down that road. So help us to deal with it. Help us to make sure that we have the relationship and for those of us that have a relationship. May we be in fellowship. May we see the world 
as you see it. And may we impact the world around us, these things we ask in your name. Amen.